0: those who might be watching uh who are on the fence on this darwin was a political operative controlled and handled by people like thomas huxley thomas huxley was in charge of the x club it's a scientific organization from the british royal society that was created in cambridge in 1865 in a way in order to redefine what science is around gradualism randomness random mutations and uh basically he had a a bunch of imperial scientists uh who all became part of this club. Darwin w- wasn't, you know, Darwinianism was, was supposed to be the thing that re- redefined what humans were, what, what allowed for the explanation of fossils that dis- that imposed gradualism, the, the denial of creative leaps that we actually find in, in fossil records. We don't find gradualism. We find creative, distinct leaps. Um, so that, that, that created sort of a vacuum. A lot of people lost their faith in, um, Christianity because there was like all of a sudden this new scientific explanation for for existence instead of exodus or genesis sorry um, and so then that that vacuum that need for a spiritual life was then filled by this massive what's called the the occult revival the you know so it became like really fashionable for, to do séances with gifted mediums getting messages from other domains uh, sometimes other planets the theosophists Madame you know blavatsky Bassant, who created the Lucif- the lucifer trust uh operation uh they were they were examples of this but it was everywhere
1: if you've been paying attention you know the global economy is transforming the brics nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency and many countries are joining their effort The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me, and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Matthew Erick coming to the program. He is a documentary maker and an author, and he's written many books, but he has this huge brain, and we're gonna you're going to tell, you can tell when I talk to him that he's pretty smart and he dives into all these other topics, but we're going to talk about the UFO, PSYOP, and other psyops and just talk about his work in general, I think you will find this extremely interesting. I know my, my audience will, and just how deep he goes into some of these areas. I spent the morning binging on his documentaries and I think you will be too. And so if you want to see his documentary work, go to canadianpatriot.org. And then you can see the videos under there. I'll have the link below as well. Before I get into this, if you still are looking for Christmas gifts, I have Defy Time, who is currently running a promotion through the end of the year. You will get 20% off and you'll get a $250 free gift if you get something from them, if you buy their Defy Time capsules. And they have two different levels, the original and then one that they doubled the telomere lengthening enzyme in it. And so... They're pretty expensive, but it's a three month supply. And if you get 20% off and you get another gift that's free $250 gift, then maybe you will have a couple gifts for people. And it's not that bad overall, considering it's a three month supply of pills and you get your 20% off, it starts to put into the range of accessible to a lot more people. And if you're a first-time buyer, you also get a discount as well. So as a first-time buyer and the 20% and the free gift, it puts it into the range of being accessible to many people. And I got to tell you, the telomere lengtheners are wonderful. It, for people who don't know what a telomere is, as you age, your telomeres keep getting shorter. And there was a Nobel Prize, Dr. Bill Andrews, who I've interviewed many times, is his, a lot of his work went into the Nobel Prize for this. He was on the front of Popular Mechanics. He was, he's a big cheese in the anti-aging world. And he discovered the fact that telomeres get shorter as you age and that uh, he's dedicated his life to figuring out how to keep that from happening. Now, when you age, there's about eight or nine different, depending on who you follow. Some people say there's seven, some people say there are nine, different areas, it's like a system of how we age. But telomeres is a big part of that, including what C60 goes after, which is inflammation and free radical damage. That's another big part of aging. And that's why C60 can really help with aging as well. But I care more about how it helps you flourish more in life. If something helps to liberate you and helps you to live happier and stronger and healthier, then that's a positive. Where it becomes a negative, because people push back on me about transhumanism and stuff. And I'm like, well, if it's f- helping people flourish, then it's not a negative. What's a negative is using transhumanism to oppress people and to control people. That's not what this is. This is just helping, like my dad. I love to use him as an example, but he's probably a super responder. But his brain, he's in his 80s and his cognitive abilities have really decreased. We well, started taking the tel- telomere lengthening, and I'm telling you, it's a huge increase in his cognitive abilities. We pretty much got my dad back after he was really starting to go downhill. So I, I think there's a lot of positive applications for this. We gave him life back. That helps him flourish and and liberates him. That's a good thing. I don't care what anybody tells me. So these are open for you. I'll have the link below. Otherwise, you can always go to sarahwestall.com under shop. The code to get the 20% off is VIP 2023 And I will have, again, I will have the link below or go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Okay, let's get into this really fascinating, and I know you're going to find this is fascinating, discussion with Matthew Arrett. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the program. Hey,
0: Sarah. I'm glad to be here with you.
1: You know, I am impressed with the body of your work. I spent the last day binging on your documentaries, which are fantastic. It's There's a ton of information there. You guys are just cranking out documentaries for people. But some of your latest, I would love to talk about your latest, too. And you have one about ufos and you have one about george soros which are hmm. two that i've watched which are fantastic but before we get into that can you talk about what it's you and your wife and maybe some other people you guys are cranking out these documentaries so what are you doing and what is what are you what's the purpose of what you're doing
0: well we're trying to just resonate uh truth as much as we can um in a, in a period of crisis uh, that humanity finds ourselves in so we're uh we, we had the good fortune of meeting um, a podcaster um, named Jason Dahl uh, about a year and a half ago who had, you know, he had invited me onto his show, a uh, very small viewer base, but he said about a week beforehand, hey, here's a promo video I made to promote our, our interview uh, in about seven days. And I was like, yeah, nobody ever did that for me before. So I, I clicked on it. It's 10 minutes long and it was like a high quality production. I was like, oh my oh, God, you have these skills. This is incredible. So it didn't take long for us to uh, start working together. And he's been helping us turn a lot of our our written research into multimedia production. So we it's the three of us, Cynthia, my wife, myself, and and Jason, who have been making these these different uh, documentaries. We've made probably six bigger ones and a bunch of smaller ones over the past year and a bit. So it's a fun experiment. I mean, we, we've typically been writers and speakers, but this is a whole new world to explore. And it's a lot of fun. Um I don't know if that answered your question or if you had a deeper No, no, question. that's great.
1: No, that's yeah. great. I just, we, people need to know what you're doing. And it's different okay. than some of the other documentary makers out there. You're really diving into some of these topics and presenting facts. There's going to be obviously debate around all of these topics, but at least you're starting to talk about them and get hmm. this out there and have these discussions. And you have a lot of facts behind them. Let's talk about, I don't know, do you want to talk about the Soros or the UFO thing first?
0: They're both two really big ideas. So whatever whatever you're, uh, you'd like to start with is fine by me.
1: Let's, let's dive into the UFO topic first, okay? Right. And your contention with this documentary, and I've been hearing this thread uh, from a lot of people in the UFO community and people who've been researching this, is that the government's using it as a pretext to whatever psyop they're doing right now. Can you talk about at least that's my analysis that that could be wrong too can you talk about what the point of that is that accurate and then let's dive into some of that
0: yeah it's accurate um in my analysis and and this is this documentary that you watched it's episode one of what is looking to be more like a nine to ten part film series um we originally wanted to do this as a one-shot deal and uh we tried something back in february 30 minutes and it wasn't hitting the mark. There was just, we realized it's so big, so much bigger than the scripts allowed that we had to rethink it. So I made a two hour uh, long script. We we listened to that. I I recorded it. We started doing some, some effects and it still wasn't hitting the mark. Um, So my wife said, here, let me, let me take a crack at it. So uh, she said, what you're missing is the occult and ancient, ancient mystery religions. I was like, really? (laughs) And she's done a lot of work on the occult and the cult roots of fascism so she's she's qualified herself quite well so we sat down she took she took her hand to the script she uh she made it episode one so the thing you saw was written by my wife getting at the the context the historical uh structures that brought us into the 20th century and it sort of ends at the beginning of the 20th century at the at the out or at the end of the the eight the 19th century with the rise of the sort of new age spiritualist movements around uh, the theosophist movements the the rosicrucian revival the hermetic order of the golden dawn and all of these like you know spiritualists that emerged not coincidentally with the coincident the the, the emergence of uh, charles darwin and the darwinian new explanation for what human nature is and for those who might be watching uh who are on the fence on this darwin was a political operative controlled and handled by people like thomas huxley Thomas Huxley was in charge of the X Club. It's a scientific organization from the British Royal Society that was created in Cambridge in 1865. In a way, in order to redefine what science is around gradualism, randomness, random mutations, and uh, basically, he had a, a bunch of imperial scientists uh, who all became part of this club. Darwin was wasn't you know, Darwinianism was was supposed to be the thing that re- redefined what humans were what what allowed for the explanation of fossils that dis that imposed gradualism the the denial of creative leaps that we actually find in, in fossil records we don't find gradualism we find creative distinct leaps um so that 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 created sort of a vacuum a lot of people lost their faith in um christianity because there was like all of a sudden this new scientific explanation for for existence instead of exodus or genesis sorry um and so then that that vacuum, that need for a spiritual life, was then filled by this massive what's called the the occult revival. The you know so it became like really fashionable f- to do seances with m- gifted mediums getting messages from other domains, uh, sometimes other planets. The Theosophists, Madame, you know, Blavatsky, Besant, who created the Lucifer the Lucifer Trust uh, operation. Uh, they were they were examples of this, but it was everywhere. Um,
1: Are they still? So, before you get farther, mm-hmm. is that still happening in elite circles? Those exact same ritual type stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. I'm just you yeah, know what the they, what was
1: very fashionable at the turn of the century to do all that. Are they still doing it? It's just not in the you know public eye anymore.
0: Oh yeah, I'm positively sure. There, there's no reason for them to have stopped. Uh, <laughs> like the entire. It is the the entire occult apparatus that created Nazism it was it was an occult religion a pagan occult religion uh based on Odin worship uh, it it was it, it was di- it came directly out of the Theosophical circles uh, there was a breakaway grouping around Otto von List and the uh the Arminian Brotherhood the Arminian Order so there was all of this weird mystical dark magic black magic stuff in like the Ve- doublesburg Castle overseen by Hermann Göring and the creation of the new templar order so all this stuff was was being funded by wall street and london banks so i mean the whole time you had the the financiers at the top who represent an agency that uh is tied to the old families the ruling oligarchies that goes back before there was even a british empire you had these ruling european black nobility families i think a lot of people watching this probably have encountered this in some way this goes back to the previous you know venetian empire the previous before that western roman empire And um, and and so these bankers always try to recast history without their involvement. So it's just sort of like most history books don't take into consideration the causal agencies of the cult creators, the you know, there's a science to creating synthetic cults. Um, yes, there there's are. A, there's a science I took for... a
1: class on, on brainwashing in college and how they went about doing it, but go ahead, keep going.
0: Really? Did you? That was a, yeah. That was oh a
1: yeah. It was a brainwashing class. And then also I that... remember I had a friend who was angry with me because of some of the stuff it was teaching me. I'm like, I'm in a, I don't know, because one of the things that taught you was also corporate, how to gain power in a corporate setting and have everything flow through you. It was incredible that all these things that it was teaching us, but right, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know that that's th- there. There are certain techniques of influencing others uh, that go, you know, that that are utilized by the elite that are tr- that that are groomed into them, um, which are not intrinsically bad unto themselves. Like the power of intention, right? The the power of using your will and your intention to focus on a goal. That's not that's not intrinsically a bad thing if you're a good person. The problem is <laughs> when you get into these weird uh, domains of the occult and these, these higher families that are animated by um, essentially um, Satanism, then it, it will be obviously used for destructive ends. Or if there's like a a, a sense of disdain for humanity, if there's a, mis- a, a hate uh, for humankind that is animating you, yeah, whatever you use, whatever uh, tool you use, you're going dis- to cause damage.
1: Well, I yeah. would say with some of the things that they taught us in this book, I would say that there really is very, very few applications where it's not unethical to do it, right? Oh just yeah, to gain, really? That was
0: what they're okay.
1: Well, just to gain power, like we were learning how they actually did the brainwashing techniques, and the you know the people who are prisoners of war in Vietnam, and 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 just all oh. sorts of things, right? but also how to gain power in an organization like if you want more power you set something up and everything flows through you in order for them to be able to accomplish something i mean it was there was a lot of and i'm not sure there's very few there are some times where you'd want to set something up where you control that spigot right for purposes that i mean i don't know off top of my head but there are situations where you would want some of that control but in general Almost yeah. all the time. It's unethical to even do any of that. And they do those methods and procedures all the time.
0: I see it. Yeah. Every... Okay. So this is not just like power of intention to make a goal happen. This is specifically for power plays and for this manipulating to others powerful. to achieve your Yeah. 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 Okay. I want right. more power.
1: That's... So I'm going to set myself or I want to brainwash Wild. people. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. but you got to uh. learn that and understand how people are doing that to others. And then you can start seeing it in the real world and it's yeah almost overwhelming absolutely. once you start seeing those patterns but
0: yeah but it, i'm sure it gave you an interesting uh foundation to start like identifying uh this t- in the political world that you ended up studying afterwards i suppose
1: well it comes into play i've been doing this for over a decade it started to come into play or me tapping back into that information once mm-hmm. i started doing this and started seeing especially in the last five years, because they've ramped up this psychological operations big time. And Mm. so I get, I can see a lot of that now, but I'm, Mm. you know, we all can, I think, I mean, at least that's what your work is about too, is looking at what the heck is, you know, all these psyops around us and where is the basis. It's so hard for people to weed through what's true and not true because the misinformation is so thick, but even like, let's get back to Darwin. When you were talking about Darwin, the, it's hard for people. I mean, there are aspects of what Darwin taught that makes sense. I mean, there are gradual um, just by options. Th- there are a gradual uh, evolution of species. Uh, um, there are the big ones, which you talked about, the, the jumps, the leaps that Darwin doesn't explain. But there are in between that gradual changes. And we see it just I mean, there's plenty there's a lot of evidence of that of just animal yeah. species, you know, like certain t- animals will die out because they're not smart enough to make it through whatever situation. And then only the smart, like the coyote, I think it was the coyotes. There's a state that would pay people for killing coyotes. Cause they had, I think it was coyotes they had an issue that they had a problem with coyotes. So they were paying people to kill coyotes. What happened is that only the smart coyotes survived because they figured out that they were being hunted down. So now because the smart coyotes were the ones that were surviving, they started flourishing and they had a bigger problem than they had before because now they only had smart coyotes but that's an example of gradual evolution they just increased the intelligence level of a whole that whole species Experience the groundbreaking advancements of Leela's quantum technology now backed by over 40 placebo-controlled studies conducted by elite institutions and renowned universities worldwide. This revolutionary technology surpasses previous achievements as confirmed by prestigious organizations such as the Emoto Institute in Japan. Scientific investigations reveal that Leela's technology not only enhances blood health and circulation, but also neutralizes the adverse effects of electromagnetic fields expedites wound healing, and elevates ATP production in human cells. Embrace the extraordinary benefits of Leela's tech as recognized and utilized by world-class athletes, esteemed functional medicine practitioners, and leading figures in the field of biohacking. Explore a range of transformative products from the HEAL capsule, shielding you from harmful EMFs to the quantum block, allowing you to infuse frequencies into your cherished possessions dive into the realm of innovation and wellness at slash shop or by following the link below.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it, it, things that are lies don't don't they're not successful because they don't work. They they have to participate in uh, right. truthfulness in order for them to to be effective at spreading. So they do account for elements that are true like there is adaption, there is a, a survival of the fittest property that we find in nature but there's also all sorts of things that and it's again that that this is where i think the the mind of people of scientists that i respect tend to zero in on the anomalies to see like where is it that the theory breaks down when pressed upon reality and there's there's that that's the meat of it because you can find points where there is conjunction but it's it's in the the breaks the paradoxes the ironies that we that we find really the 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 um insight to generate a better hypothesis which is in harmony with the reality outside of our sphere of limited knowledge um that's where like new ideas new discoveries eurekas tend to get uh, be born which is plastered over by the way that we're our, our entire education system and cultural system is wired is to disrupt that natural ability for the mind to zero in on on anomalies um and think through like for example the the like why would you know you have all these examples now on youtube thank god for youtube showing us these things of like predatory mammals usually will find that after killing a prey and discovering that the prey has a child they will tend to adopt or want to adopt that baby of that other species that they would normally want to eat as if it were their own that they, there's some need to protect it and there's all of these videos of like cougars you know having killed a pig and discovering there's little piglets try to defend the piglet against other cougars that want to eat the piglet and there's all sorts of things like that so how would a darwinian uh, account for this massive property within living species to harmonize to cooperate to find like some sense of or even just the symbiotic relationships you get amongst different species like the little bird that just evolved to uh go sit inside the crocodile's mouth and like eat the the scraps of flesh uh <laughs> that are like I, I I know, isn't that car- and and yeah, it,
1: anyway. it likes it it's a it's very interesting
0: yeah, it'd be so easy for that crocodile to get an easy meal, but they they built up a, a they negotiated this like relationship with each <laughs> other, uh, which is fascinating, right? Or, or the or the existence of these these geometries in nature too, the the the, the hexagonal formation within a beehive, or the the you know rhombic dodecahedron three D structures within a beehive. The, the bees didn't go to school sequence. to learn geometry. Got that everywhere, right? Yeah and it's not like nature goes to school to learn this intellectually. It's like built into our, our essence as, as existing beings, but the mind of the human can go further. We can, we can sort of have our, we can train our, our intuition and our instincts around a study of discoveries that then sort of feed back into each other. So we can hone our, 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 um, our sense of, of, uh, Uh, those, those, those deeper senses, you know, Um, it's like, it's like, it's like wisdom. Like what is wisdom? It's, 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 it's not a thing. It's not, you can't study wisdom in school. It's, it's, it's a, it's a power of judgment of formulating judgments based upon experience, thoughts, discoveries that you're, you're putting into action. So all that to say humans are different though. We're similar. And with the X club and the politicalization of, of Darwin, it's really important to look at like, what are the political apparatuses um, which, have conspired to make certain things that are not that are pseudoscientific or or not scientific even or or destructive of, of of scientific discovery to become these sacred cows that we have to pay fealty to as like you know darwin is just like one of the godheads of uh, of science and it's like well darwin himself wrote that he got his theories by reading thomas Malthus. In his autobiography, he, he he didn't have a theory by which to work until he read Malthus's essays on the principle of population. And Malthus is a political hack working for the British East India Company, justifying why uh, the overlord class must periodically use famines and starvation and war to regulate yeah. the population of the world. He's a genocidalist and he came up with a mathematical sort of description for the elites that he worked for that paid him. And so his garbage theory is what Darwin was reading on some day on the Beagle. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's what now accounts for all of these fossil records and everything else. That works now. The struggle for scarcity in a world of diminishing returns. That's the mechanism around some randomizing mutation function that I just presume exists. That's just like constantly rolling dice. And at certain points, some some species get lucky with their random mutations more than others. So it's a gambling. It's a it's a principle of gambling and randomness that's been imposed onto a law of living nature, which is really
1: irresponsible. So so he's making sense of some things and then missing out on other things. And it's like so much in science the the outliers. You know, you see all those charts where they'll have the majority of the people will fit in this. You know, in the this chart, this goes as a what do you call it? It goes Uh, up and it goes down. Oh yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. Most Mm -hmm. people fit into this this umbrella. Yeah. The bell curve. Yes. Most people fill in bell curves, but you'll see dots way outside the bell curve and those all get deleted Mm -hmm. by scientists. But that's the dots way outside the bell curve is where the magic is of figuring out what is with everything. There's magic in that and they just throw it out and ignore it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, It's kind of like what you'd seen with, um, like, like I mentioned, if you read the original writings of a lot of the the people who made discoveries, because we're often taught just to read a Wikipedia entry or a textbook about what some expert says about how a discovery was made, but it's like, why are we not encouraged to instead just read the writings of, let's say, a Johannes Kepler, who discovered these laws of planetary motion? What does he have to say about how his mind worked when he made his discovery, which has practical application in all sorts of things, including quantum mechanics. It's one of the few elements from the classical, you know, quantum uh, pre-quantum mechanic world that has total usefulness in that in that realm today and it's like so he wrote did he write anything sure he did and you could read it how and and he wrote his the name of the the most important book uh in 1619 was the harmonies of the world um and he's going through his pythagorean platonic hypothesis so he's taken the the hypothesis that he studied uh, in plato's timaeus of the musicality of the spheres which Plato didn't have the observational data 2000 years earlier to prove it but it was an article of faith that there there is this this musicality which is reasonable not purely emotional but it is also emo- emotional but it, it is tied to a coherence of the whole universe to the life of a human being and the life and what goes on in earth as well as inside of our own internal universe in t- inside of our soul so that was the platonic uh, thesis kepler with better information at his disposal later on right was able to pick it up and uh and see if it's true or not he had faith that it was and he proved it that there was a um like because he's asking why are the orbits of the planets in the the intervals that we find them moving around a sun instead of some other set of intervals that could be anything why do we find that the way it is and not other and uh and so he he first looked at well what would be the the reasonable g- what would be the cause of why music is beautiful? Why do why does our soul resonate so well to it? And he and he studies the using like a, what's called the Pythagorean um, monochord. He he basically has a string, emits a sound when you pluck it, and he says, okay, well, what are the geometries that define the harmonic intervals? And so you know, you start by double by having it cutting it in half. You you get half the the an octave, right? And then he finds other geometries by by cutting it, uh, dividing it by four, by three, by five, by six, by eight, all of the constructible figures of a triangle, uh, a square, a pentagon, a hexagon, an octagon. And so you could imagine that these, these are archetypal uh, geometries that then cut off a whole, a unity, which is the circle that you could also see as the string, right? If you un- unravel it and then pluck the, those intervals, right? The, th- the, the two thirds to the three fourths, that's the the fifth to the to the fourth that it, that is the at the core of of uh, a musical system the octave was the half the splitting, the 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 fourth the fifth the sixth the hard sixth the soft sixth the hard third the the soft third it's all generated by these reasonable constructions that the mind can discover when you discover the pentagon the hexagon you can you can build it with it with a compass, so the mind can know why harmonies what what is the sound of a triangle what is the sound of a square you can discover then that these same pr- proportions will uh, be what you find when you look at the relationships of the planets moving at their closest and furthest distance from the sun so uh, every planet is is moving at at a certain point really fast and really slow at a minimum maximum right or in the solar system and you could then find that there are these relationships that he then uh uses as the basis to discover his third planetary law of motion his uh and i'm not i won't go into detail but but all that to say he he did all of this by latching on not to the normal data but to the anomalies the man, the, the the minimum maximum not it could have been any infinite amounts of, of of planetary observations that he could have selected but he didn't he selected the minimum maximum and earlier on he selected only the points of retrograde retrograde motion of mars so of all of the the possible infinite planetary uh, charts you could have made he's he his mind zeroed in on the red planet not all, that the only planet that 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 shines red Right, which is Mars that that stands out when you look at the night sky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he noted that every 687 days, that red planet, when you when you come out and look at the same time at night, like 8 p.m. or something, yeah, you'll it'll always move a little bit more to the right. Except every 687 days, it'll all of a sudden start going backwards for two weeks before continuing back on its on its path over Weird. the course of another 680. Yeah, and it's it's Why because you're, you're coming out. Oh, it's because it's because it's a um, part of the observed. When, when you're moving on an elliptical orbit, um, and well, when there's two elliptical orbits, it's very difficult to understand what's going on because you are moving and the thing you're watching is moving. That's and right, and they're, yep. Right, so that's very challenging. Now, the way it was explained before Kepler got onto the scene and tackled it was by a mathematical fraud. Basically, there was a standard model of cosmology of his day saying that if you want to have a job in a, in a university if you want to be respected be published you have to um agree to play the rules of the game the rules are that you ha- you have to make two assumptions one that god is perfect and that that the the orbits that he created must also be as perfect as as god is and because the most perfect shape is a per- is a circle right thus the the orbits must be perfect circles you have to assume oh, that <laughs> that creates a problem now. Yes,
1: yeah. There's and, no and longer so, an elliptical, uh, you know, path. It's all circles.
0: It's all circles. So then, then the only way to account for why that that observation would be happening to your, to your your sense of sight would be because you you could explain it by adding circles on top of circles. You'd have to what are called epicycles. So they started artificially creating, um, like, let's say that's the. Uh, the the circular orbit I presume exists and you could you could put whatever you could put the the Earth in the center you could put the Sun in the center you could put Mars in the center you could put the Moon in the center doesn't matter you could you could make it work and they and all systems worked whether Ptolemaic or Copernican or Tycho Brahean who kept that was Kepler's boss for a while they all were were describing a totally different set of relationships some had the Sun in the middle Tycho's Tycho Brahe had uh, the earth in the middle and the sun going around the earth, but all the planets going around the sun, but they all worked. They all kind of fit. They all kind of fit the, the, the observational data. So it's like, well, how do you judge which one is more right or less right than the other? How do you test it? You can't because it's, it's, it that's, there's a presumption that physical reality doesn't matter as much as your math. Your math comes first. That's the fraud. So, and that's the same fraud that you get also with Darwin.
1: Hmm? Well, and we're getting that now. I mean, we still, yeah. universities have a lot of those same, you know, gatekeepers. It's the same thing. Oh, it's you totally know? the same. Yeah, it's yeah. all the same. Except
0: except today, the, the difference, and it was actually similar. Because back then, if you wanted to know something truthfully, and this is what Kepler rejected, all you were told that you had to use this these two assumptions, that there's these epicycles, these mathematical non-existent points on on orbits. Oh, right, that's an epicycle. This would be like an epicycle. So that would be like, so that, that invisible point would be moving around. Let's say this, if you put the sun there, that invisible point would be moving around that sun and around that visible point is where the planet would be moving. So the planet would actually be tracing out like a relationship like that. And if you do that, sometimes you have to put another episode, like a smaller epicycle to make it fit to fudge your oh, data. You, you can, I
1: mean, they just put, build- they fudged their data doing that. It's so interesting because yeah. that's how do you cram w- when your first foundation is wrong. Then they're coming up with with the hacks to make it work.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's we see that all over our world today. We see it with the the economic models that have been used to build up globalization, right? Which is all based upon random probability theory um, at the heart of the econometric models that were given Nobel prizes um, based on you know the idea that. Well, it's based on a false idea that the economy was based on a desire for profit, which somehow um, makes creative innovation happen just by having everybody liberally liberated to satisfy their selfish motive. That's what that's what was behind the consumer society idea that we'll be we'll become a consumer society now. We're gonna get rid. We're gonna let go of being a producer society that industrializes, and that that's the old wisdom. The new wisdom we were told by like Henry Kissinger and. All of the the freaks that came in with the the Trilateral Commission in the early seventies, they were told the new wisdom is we're just going to like be good shoppers and go to the super malls and or you know and that's the way we'll be good it's citizens one by extreme being
1: extreme or the other right because yeah. the shoppers really don't do create the demand but the producers create what the shoppers want so it's it's always like a, a silo thinking instead of looking at the holistic view.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a it's a it's a dance. It's like you can't say f- physics is the only thing which is important. We should ignore math. No, we should. We should use math, but we should put it in its proper place. So in the dance between math and physics, the physics must lead. You always have to make assume that your your symbolic logical language system in the case of mathematics uh, is what it is. But we're all using like symbolic language it's a it's a construct it's useful but it's always going to be limited because there's always going to be more that is outside our domain of knowledge that we well, that we have yet to discover right
1: mathematics so, is a language right i practically have a math yeah. degree so it's it's yeah. a it's a language and just like writing is a language right you can yeah. write but that doesn't mean you've written every book and it doesn't mean it, it, it's a tool it's a tool for yeah. understanding and it's a universal tool so it's pretty cool. But there's so much more to it. You have to understand the abstract and then apply it and figure it out. There's so much more to it. It's just a tool of language. And there's more. I they get get a bit more
0: of a, a, but they get a bit of a God complex, I think, where they're, or a little, no, you know what is, it's more of an insecurity that they they lack a sense of secure, uh, of confidence in their own creative powers and a lack of faith that the universe is made discoverable. If you, if you lean into the unknown, right, it require you're you're not going to have much to hold on to, so it's scary. But that's if you're, where the if you,
1: magic is. The that's where the magic is, right? That, yes. So
0: I think that there's a neurotic disorder that kind of builds itself in, it institutionalizes itself uh, over time, around a fear of the unknown, a fear of yourself, a cynicism about reality, and and thus a desire just to always be right and to have and to start um, holding on to your mathematical limited language wherever it's at as if it was your flotation device that you would drown if you didn't have it. Whereas a Kepler would see that, okay, it's useful to have my math. He's a good mathematician, but he doesn't, he will, he understands that it has to change in accordance with new discoveries. And after you make a discovery, you can then think, okay, how can I find a new metaphorical uh, creation mathematically to describe my, my, the, the universal constant that I just, I just Eureka'd, you know? And so you've got a more fluid idea that your language is always obedient to the natural law, and uh, and so I, I that's where the idea of the more more perfect union comes in, right? Like Ben Franklin was the the highest scientist of his age. He wasn't just like a tinkerer, like he's often taught. I mean, he was he blew people's minds as the Prometheus of America with his discoveries into electricity. And so he he worked hard to train cadres of younger leaders that. Ended up becoming the vanguard of the American Revolution, and when when you see the writings of like, in order to form a more perfect union, a, an arist like a logician would say that oh that's that's absurd. It's either something is either perfect in that in which case it, it's in it's outside of more or less, or it's more and thus getting better at something. But you can't be more perfect. A logician would would melt down saying it's an absurdity. Whereas uh, Ben Franklin and and and, and his his, uh his friends who did that ha- were just thinking on a much healthier level that these mm-hmm. this, you know the 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 America will is not a finished product it's always
1: that's right
0: yeah de- devoted to getting better like we should all look at ourselves as being that so yeah
1: because i think that that's never... what the real science You never know Mm -hmm. when you got it all figured out, right? I mean, you just don't. And there's always some other problem you have to solve. And so that is such a healthy way to look at it. But let's, now people get an idea of why I was binging on your documentaries, because there's so many topics that you guys go into. Let's (laughs) talk more about the UFO issue being used Mm -hmm. as a PSYOP. And because that's what they're doing now. People have been warning us that they're going to use this as a means to do Bring in all these other things. A lot of mm-hmm. UFO people don't believe anything the government's saying. So mm-hmm. what what has your research found that they want to use the UFO topic to do to the people of Earth? I mean, what are they going to try to do with us with this and fake psyops around it? Well,
0: like like when when dealing with matters of of um, human dynamics with the consideration of oligarchical systems there's never really just one purely one reason for things think the the whole system has multiple Not effects sure. that are that are desirous or desired by the manipulators of the system just like those who do good throughout history also don't have just one outcome that they want there's a, a whole variety yeah. of effects that are the consequence of, of acting upon a socio-political spiritual cultural system um So, one of the, but I would think one of the top priorities is to bring about some form of a mass initiation of the world into a new synthetic cult tied to um, uh, drugs and a new priesthood that would control what we think of about new replacement uh, gods that will replace the old Abrahamic faiths around um, things that could be CGI'd very easily things that are very easily uh, manipulated by anecdotal uh, material instead of actual science. So they they want to create like, I think a new initiation also that involves drugs. A lot of normalization of hallucinogenic uh, psychedelic drugs have been, they've been working on this, especially since MK ultra, but it didn't go away. It's like, if you look at a lot of the same players and we're going to get at this in our documentary series. And, and in many of my essays, I've, I've zeroed in on this in very varying ways. Many of the same Rockefeller Uh, connected operations that are tied to the rockefeller foundation especially lawrence rockefeller have played a role both in funding um a lot of the mk ultra cia mind drug experiments that that produced psilocybin and you know dmt and lsd-25 not just to do what they said They, they said it was just to you know uh, break down a mind in um of an enemy in order to figure out what they're thinking and no it's not it's or or to create a Manchurian candidate I think they actually did that but um I the the priority was always how do you then take the the work that you're doing on individuals or small groups and then conduct it on whole nations or or brought or more even more large um so yeah, I think that the the drug initiation cult uh, is being timed to coincide with a breakdown crisis of the the banking system, which has also been many decades in the in the making. So they want to create that trauma effect, that shock effect, that will make us much more conducive in a state of fear, uh, desperation for food, that will make us more accepting to let go of our uh, our previous faiths that might have animated us for thousands of years and instead accept a new set of faiths that might accompany giving us a bit of bread or something to uh to to feed our kids so that's my concern
1: well and there are a lot of sincere people who who believe there's a different people who are very sincere good people who have been doing a Mm -hmm. lot of research who believes that there's a different believe a different view have different Mm -hmm. of what the, the traditional religions have taught, right? And so there's a sincere group of that. Then there are the ones who want to play off that sincerity and use that to control everybody. And mm. and these people are at, odd, at odds with the controllers. That's what mm. I see. Like th- mm-hmm. there's there's a legit group of people who are sincere and trying to figure it out and believe in this stuff. Um, and then okay. there are those who are u- utilizing some of those beliefs to manipulate the rest of us.
0: Oh yeah.
1: So is that a good analysis of what you have seen? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, cause, cause not all of the, it's just like with Darwin, not everything is bunk. There are aspects of that's why it works. That's why they can put it in the school mm-hmm. systems because there are elements that are accurate. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing with everything they do. Same thing with COVID oh. for crying out loud. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the foundation of a PSYOP is you have mm-hmm. to use your own mental constructs against you to convince you to do something you wouldn't normally do. Uh, but, but you convince because it makes sense because of how they twisted it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I would totally agree with that. And it's kind of like what I was saying about the epicycle system of the standard model astro- uh, astronomy. Um that was that everyone had to abide by back then it it was successful for for since the days of ptolemy um because it had certain functionality and certain predictive capabilities to know where planets would be where would where would eclipses be it had a certain amount of, of but it was limited it was absolutely limited by the the limit the fallacies of its core axioms the core underlying assumptions um but it had it kind of worked. And so it it, pers- it it persevered over many generations until somebody could could tackle the fundamental axioms uh, like a Kepler who had that strength and rigor and also love of truth and acceptance that, you know, you're going to be attacked by the whole Inquisition. He actually had to face down. Uh, an attack by the Inquisition for his heretical views. That takes a lot of courage. It does. Um, Max Planck as well, you know, was, was a Keplerian. You read Max Planck's writings on his idea of harmonic oscillations that are going on inside of the quantum world. He's specifically talking, he's referencing Kepler's work. He's he's a, a, a platonic Keplerian thinker. And it, you get that when you read the writings. And for those who are confused, if you, if you want, if people are listening, I would say read the Max Planck's philosophy of physics. From 1935 and he'll tell you exactly how he's thinking just like kepler does it's the same thinking they're drawing from the same well and it's the same thing that's destroyed with the um the age of niels bohr so you had this whole new breed of rockefeller funded mathematician who were told who basically rose to replace the outdated obsolete old guard of scientists like madame curie and mendeleev and and planck and einstein who had a, a different a different way of thinking. They were the people who were making discoveries. And the new mathematical young young groups who never discovered anything. They made interesting models that had certain limited use, but it was, but they never discovered any principles of the of reality. They had a big a big dispute. That's what Einstein's whole fight with Niels Niels Bohr was all about. You know, God doesn't play dice with the universe. Niels Bohr was well. No, I I I'm using mathematical probability theory. That's my god. I'm I'm I I worship the god of chance. He didn't say it. those are my words. And so he said, no, it's randomness is the causal thing. That's like uh, Darwin as well, against other bi- biologists in his own 1850s, 1860s, who were also creating. There were there were. It's not like it had to be creationism or Darwin. There was a whole spectrum of Lamarck. Of, uh, of Carl Ernst von Bayer, of uh, of Dwayne, James the w- Dwight Dana, all of these amazing scientists who are who are also explaining evolution of species without the baggage of randomness and and absolute gradualism of a Darwin. That but but they were all washed aside because we were all told, pick a side. You know, either everything was created six thousand years ago, literal genesis, or you're Darwin, or you're or you're a scientist. Pick a one. You, nothing else matters. And so that's sort of same problem. Was created after the Solvay conferences in uh, 1928, when when the old guard was told, "Oh no, you've lost the new the, the mathematical probability theorists." That's the future. That's what we're going to use for the Manhattan Project. So they iced out Einstein, Kurt Girdle. All of the the great scientists were all iced out, and instead you had the the adherents of probability of randomness, the god of chance, that were told, "No, you're the ones who are going to be in charge of science from now on." It's going to be oppenheimer it's going to be uh, heisenberg it's going to be you know that that whole crowd that never discovered anything in terms of principles they just were able to create explanatory models that kind of worked but they were very limited like like the world that kepler lived in these uh, that became the standard model and so we were and they and then they reinterpreted Planck. they reinterpreted einstein from the standpoint of their interpret their their standard models that everyone had to blindly just abide by if you wanted to be published in peer-reviewed papers And if you want to have a job in in respected academia, you had to abide by those assumptions that they extrapolated into the entire universe around Big Bang cosmology, you know, that then necessitated the idea of alternate universes that, because where did the Big Bang come from? You know, if, if we can extrapolate that to some point in the past, then that creates a paradox that something was created out of nothing. Well, then the scientists would be unhappy so they were like well maybe there were other dimensions that the strings just hit and caused all energy to just explode in a point mass um so then you you create these these epicycles of explanation upon explanation because then where did those universes come from where those dimensions come from and then you have to come up with another and so everything becomes mathematical masturbation at a certain point where you can justify every you could just justify why you could run through a wall with you know it's not statistically likely but if I align my particles just right, I can run through the wall. And yeah, like mathematically, I guess if you're a probability theorist, you have to say, I, I guess maybe you can in some, you know, and so anyway, that, that's, well, where, and and that's, that's where a lot of the- If you
1: could run yeah. through the wall, then that would be the statistical anomaly that you want to check into. But I know a lot of scientists that that don't agree with Einstein or with, you know, the the random they they have their own theories and they feel that a lot you know the electric universe and i mean there's so many other scientists out there that are pulling their hair out thinking that we are in a dark age of science because none of these theories anymore are allowed to be explored i mean there are a lot of scientists that have a whole nother paradigm how this world works and it's not being it's being ignored it's only in but there's a lot of proof to it you know like the the frequency matrix for example everything has a frequency in this whole mate we're in whole matrix whether we're in a i mean it's a mathematical matrix of frequency and that has been proven but the regular universes and stuff ignore that or the electric universe i mean the electrical engineering groups are starting to pick up on that officially doing stuff but the uh the universities and stuff still are suppressing i mean there's there's like a bursting of s- scientific theories that could be had if they would just take the shackles off you know the university systems oh, yeah. are completely oppressing science right now
0: absolutely well you know part of this is is part of this is neurotic like people have been molded and in, and in, conditioned to exist in a certain mental space that they're comfortable in that they're they have a lack of security about what what is beyond their or or even the lack of of practice in investigating their own axioms that requires a certain amount of platonic uh artistry right you're always like having a little dialectic both with the outside world with the universe as well as with yourself and examining is this assumption you know well-founded or is it based on something that is a bit lazy in my my analysis you know that i built a whole edifice on so that that's something that is just it's been sort of ironed out of us by design. I mean again, when you look at like a lot of the educational reformers that played a big role in creating this dysfunction, you have to look at people like um John Dewey. Um John Dewey, who was part of the American Fabian Society, worked very closely with H. G. Wells at uh, and and he he is was a follower of William James as well, all of whom denied the sorry i've got some weird uh thing calling me which uh, shouldn't be happening sorry sorry about that okay okay um yeah so uh they all denied all of these fabian social engineers all denied that truth exists at least for the masses and they all, all stated that the only type of education system which is healthy should be based on cooperation and practical utility, but not uh, developing the type of integrated citizenry that previous theories of, of education had presupposed. You know, that you should learn uh, ancient Greek, you should learn Greek to study the classics, you should read Latin, you should, you should replicate discoveries in science in order to not just memorize, but to really know.
1: Those are ideas
0: that were... Yeah, really understand it. The, 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 those were rejected by the Deweyites, who said, "No, we just not get, need to get people to be functional cogs in a machinery, play well with others, adapt well to other systems that are out of their control, and the machine will work with little cogs operating within it." And that was they the wanted to of the education business
1: workers. They wanted workers for their business. That's what. Yeah, they're... and we because yeah, I mean, yeah, as a we, business, you know, yeah. building business and stuff. Like well, that's kind of what you want, but at the end of the day, that's not what society needs. At a big, we need people who are good workers and who aren't going to, you know, topple the apple cart, and they're actually going to work hard. But if you drive out all the creativity and innovation and all that other stuff, you're at the end of the day. That's that gets back to the we need a holistic system, right? We need people that can work within a team and not be dysfunctional. Yet we also need creative, critical thinkers, and they miss out on that whole other aspect. And they, they do this all the time, is that they don't understand that that innovative, creative thinkers, as much of a pain in the ass as they are, are incredibly important for society.
0: Yeah, it's it's everything. And that's the, I, for me, like one of the biggest uh, demonstrations that the oligarchical system of, of social organization, which is, they have a whole theory. There's a whole organized theory of what humanity is and what systems should be as a natural order. Um, it's flawed and it's wrong. It's not even flawed. It's, 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 it's systematically wrong because the very thing which gives vitality and purpose and um, gives us a, the, the fitness to survive as a species, which is that creative, loving vitality that, that goes outside of itself, that is the very thing that is seen as the enemy number one to be crushed by oligarchical systems. That's right. There's a, a, a certain perversion of it that they allow... For their their um, upper level management, which gets a different type of education, in the if you're a, a Cambridge uh, apostle or you're a you know a Rhodes scholar, you'll get a different set of experiences about sociological or anthropological um, thinking than you would if you were at a community college. But it's a perverse form of it. It's like they allow a limited kind of creativity for some of their managers. As long as they've groomed out or crushed out of them through a process of various experiences you can create for a, a young person, um, their fundamental already, humanity.
1: You've already crushed it out of them in grade school and in high school. <laughs> so they don't <laughs> you, you want to yeah. rebuild the critical thinking and the creativity. Right. Um and the one the 12% that still have it um are the ones who are being crushed now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, That's I know. how I feel. Was, but oh, and
0: I feel I feel it too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know you do. Well, okay, this we could talk forever. This is so fascinating. You have so many, like I told people, this is the, you could go binge on your documentaries. The Soros thing, I think we got to do that another time. But people, I recommend people to go watch that documentary. I mean, just at a high level, tell us what it is. And then that'll just kind of give people a teaser to go to your site and watch these things.
0: It's sort of a variation of what I, what we're doing with the alien, uh, the hidden hand behind UFO uh, series. It's sort of the same thing. And what we're doing with this is to try to help people focus on how they're being misdirected into uh, uh, receiving um, false narratives about enemies that we're supposed to want to fear and hate, as w- happened during the war, um, as we're played by the whole FBI, you know, nazi unreconstructed nazi takeover of america that was brought in by the cia and and we we ignored all of that and that killed jfk that killed his brother that killed martin luther king we ignored all of that as we became so hyper distracted about fear of china fear of russia that was that was promulgated by a lot of the same forces that are still there today maybe different people but same operations continuously using the same techniques it has a bit of a hypnotic spell quality to it um So we wanted to really diffuse some of the core assumptions about what this evil China supervillain is that we're all told to hate and fear by whether Democrat or Republican doesn't matter. There's a whole story given to you to hate and fear China. Um, That's part of a whole war policy that's being set up to uh, go to war with China um, that we're giving our acquiescence to, as we did for the bombing of Iraq uh, stupidly 20 years ago. And we're being played again. So we just want to help people not be played and see, keep their minds focused on like what the threat of history is and how to navigate through this minefield. So that, that video is, is about 25 minutes. I, I, yeah, sure. We could talk about that anytime you want.
1: Well, let me ask you this. We're being played right now on supporting the genocide in Gaza. Right. Mm. And as, as awful as the October 7th situation was, there's a lot of questions behind them, allowing it to happen as a, Mm as a means to be able to do what they're doing in Gaza right now, which makes that whole operation illegitimate. And the Israelis should be really upset with their own government for allowing it to happen for other purposes and allowing a lot of their innocent civilians to be killed. Um, Mm -hmm. That being said, because they should be mad at the people who did it, but also their own government. That being said, now it's being used as a pretense to totally demolish Gaza and mm-hmm. and um all the exits are closed no food no water mm-hmm. no electricity all the hospitals are shut down they told them to move out of the north because that's where they're bombing to the south but now they're bombing the south as well the people have nowhere to go so we have been hoodwinked again into supporting because we're providing the bombs and the weaponry and a lot of the money we've been hoodwinked again to support something that fundamentally goes against our own values. If we understood what was really going on.
0: Oh yeah. That's exactly what's happening. We're being played again. And they're using the same stupid argument or the same um, PSYOP that got us all to give support to things we never would have morally given our support to before 9-11. And it's again, the same players, same operations uh, that killed American citizens as an inside job um that did it not, not through simply american in- agencies but also involved british intelligence involved at the time yeah i mean th- there's there's a whole network of of supranational entities that have been playing us and playing us and playing us even the thing that got us into the vietnam war right the the gulf of tonkin incident never happened as we discovered after the fact there was never an attack by the Viet Cong onto an american ship in uh, the gulf of tonkin didn't happen all the all the newspapers said it did at the time but even despite the fact that by 1965 it was proved or 66, sorry, it was proven that it didn't happen, nobody seemed to care. We were we were all in for another you know onslaught of millions of, of dead Vietnamese and fifty thousand or more dead dead American kids didn't matter. So it's it's we're it's happening again.
1: How are Americans so duped? I mean, why don't we ever learn? It, and we've learned like the Ukraine, where now people are turning around and understanding. But when it first started. And for a long time, stand with Ukraine. And it was just a, and obviously that was a PSYOP to get us into it. Why is it that the American people, and this is, I I know that's what the purpose of your work is to stop this, but why is it the American people have to take so long? They can't learn from their past mistakes. We just are completely, every time we're duped by this. And then there's an army of us out there trying to tell people, wait a minute, you guys are being duped. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it works, you know? But in the yeah. case of Gaza, it's going to be too late. This is after a massacre. They won't know the truth until after the massacre is already done. So we need to figure out how to get people to critically think before massacres happen in the first place.
0: Yeah, there, there's def- I, there's a lack of sovereignty. I mean, a, a sovereign nation only works if you have a sovereign people. And a sovereign people means the people who are capable of formulating judgments that are mature and reasonable and animated by tempered by conscience and if you don't have that kind of people that can that can do that because you don't have a because let's say you've tolerated a culture that normalizes stupidity for too long then people's very po- good people their very power of formulating authentic sovereign judgments about matters of great import is 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 highly reduced and as that reduces the nation itself becomes much more pliable much more susceptible to demagoguery the takeover of by, of, of democratic systems, by oligarchical forces, as people become less engaged in the process that they're morally committed to uphold as citizens. It's not just voting, right? But people become less engaged. They become less active within trade unions. They become less active in city councils. They, they just all they all look for some other entity to give them the the comforts that they expect. And I think we've just tolerated that too long now. And so we have to really kick ourselves in the ass and be a lot more disciplined with our minds and uh before we jump to jump to it's good to jump to conclusions but you 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 want to take a lot of time to study the terrain before making the leap <laughs> right you need, have have the they, you need to have the foundation
1: you need to have the foundation get some more learning so you have the foundation so you're not duped the next time
0: mm, well said
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Well, and that's the difference. You know, when COVID happened, so many of us had the foundation, so we knew right away what was happening. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't have that foundation, but now they're starting to. You've lived through this. We can't keep supporting this and hurting ourselves. But your work is phenomenal. I'm really impressed with just the research that you do behind it. It's nothing else. Even if you don't agree with half of his stuff, you're going to learn a ton. And I think that's the important part of it is the learning and d- talking about these topics and understanding the facts behind it.
0: Thank you. I uh, yeah. I, I mean, I hope that I, at least I, I can spark a little bit of a fire in people to want to you know look a little bit more deeply into things that they'd been taken for granted. Um. Yeah. I I hope so.
1: So where is it? What is your website? We got to make sure people get there. That and all your documentary films are up there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um. Well, the people can go to um. A few places. Uh, first of all, I, I, I've i written a lot of books as well. The, the Clash of the Two Americas. It's a four-volume uh, series recasting American history. The, the last one goes all the way back to the Roman Empire. Uh, that, that as well as The Untold History of Canada and The the, the uh, Science Unshackled, which is my newest book. Those are all easy to find on CanadianPatriot.org. And uh, risingtidefoundation.net I is a nonprofit, more education focused, uh, that I, I created with my wife, um, Cynthia. And, and so that's also risingtidefoundation.net has a lot of good material. We do weekly, se- twice a week, we do seminars. We bring in different experts to give classes people can engage with. Um, and if they want to get involved, either get a paid upgrade to my Substack or just uh, send me an email at uh, info at risingtidefoundation.net and uh, we'll we'll make sure that you can you can get involved
1: well that is awesome next time we have you back you need to have cynthia come with you did she ever go out on public do interviews as well
0: yeah yeah she she's a little bit more shy but uh but i'm sure she'll she'll be happy too
1: yeah we got to get both of you i mean since your partners we'll get both of you there and hear what she has to say maybe your other partner too but we got to hear her because she wrote some of the you know, a lot of a big brain behind what you guys do as well. You guys have some big. You can tell you have a big brain, and it sounds like she does too.
0: She, no, she's she's amazing. Yeah, and now I'll, I'll send you a, a copy of her book, uh, "The Empire in Which the Black Sun Never Set." It's uh, on the international roots of fascism uh, from the 19th century to the present. Uh, scary good read. A lot of original discoveries that she made in that thing. Um, that that might fuel some good fires of conversation at some point in the in, I am in the near future.
1: I am sure it will so well thank you so much for coming on the program I'm so glad that you did now I have another good person to have on every so often that can really inform people it's just you're you're another big brain person which is fantastic so thank you so much
0: oh thank you sir it's, it's a pleasure and I look forward to the next chat